But the floor is yours. Thanks. Thanks for coming after lunch. Uh, I'll try to take less time than I was planning because I think we don't have the full slot. Uh, I'll be talking about, uh, I'll just have a few slides, so it's going to be mostly me talking uh, about wasting time and organizing the work of a team so that that time is not really wasted. I was, when I was coming here, I was expecting more like a development people here, programmers, technical, but looks like they're more on the management side. So who are you are actually writing code every day? Just about quarter, about 25 minutes. Yeah, that's good, okay. So, because the, because the, the message I addressed kind of against the managers. So it's gonna be maybe difficult <laughs> to convince you guys that, that the managers are not doing their work properly. Uh, the, 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 the time wasting is a big problem. It's just a short introduction. Time wasting is a is a big problem in general because we all we all work for money. All programmers they work for money, but still we don't really feel really motivated when our time is wasted in the office. If we're doing something or in the project, if we're doing something which is not really valuable, if there's something which is which we <laughs> which is not really needed by the project. So it's it's really important that that the team members are spending their time on something which is valuable. And, uh, and I want to show you four things which, in my opinion, actually help us to waste that time, uh, help us to spend that time not in an effective way. The first uh, thing is meetings. We all know that meetings is, well, there are many articles about that. People saying that meetings are less ineffective and boring and not properly organized and all that things. Uh, I've read many of them. But my message is not how to make the meetings more productive, but I think that all the meetings have to be removed. So we shouldn't use them because they, in general, are a time-wasting activity. Uh, mostly, <laughs> and I'll show you now how to replace them, but first, why I think meetings is bad because for mostly, mostly because uh, the way we convey information in meetings, the way we deliver information in meetings, how we exchange information, is less effective instrument than talking one to one. So meeting is always like many to one or one to many, which is less effective comparing to one to one communication. But we don't really, we're not really, in general, we're not really professional enough to do that one to one communications in writing or in some kind of formal mechanisms. That's why we use meetings. And they become ineffective. I, I'll tell you the story. I had a, a friend who was working with me, it was in Amsterdam a few years ago, and he was, uh, he was paid to be in the multiple meetings because he was kind of a consultant for, for a software company, and he was paid by the hour, but he was so bored to be in that meeting because he was spending most of, the, of his time listening to some information which was none of his concern, which was not related to the, to the, to the role he's playing in this team, to, to something he was actually doing, that he created a mobile app which was showing him how much money he's making there. And he was holding that phone in front of him, always remembering, like reminding him that he's actually making money sitting there. So that application actually helped him to be in that meeting. Otherwise, it was difficult. So why it happens? So why do we involve so many people in the meetings? Why do we like organize it still? Why do we have that activity, which is not helping us to uh, to make projects uh, more effective? I think the first problem is that 
we don't have a clear definition of the roles and responsibilities in our projects. So we don't really know the management, I mean. We don't really know what, what, who is responsible for what and who exactly has to do what. So we don't have a clear definition of, of the tasks we assign to people and of their roles. And that's why in order to, uh, to help that people communicate to each other, to, to resolve that, that situations in the chaos we create for them, because we don't define roles and responsibilities, we create meetings where people sit together and somehow in this chaos, they somehow solve problems. So this is the problem of, of the management who doesn't know how to clearly define who's responsible for what. And that's why that person who was with the, with the app sitting there and, and, and counting time, he was doing that because the management didn't really know exactly what that person was responsible for. He was responsible for many things. He was like a consultant, like an architect, like a person who is supposed to be knowing a lot of things in the project. That's why he was, he was, he was there in that meeting doing almost, like doing literally nothing, but in the eyes of the management, he was involved in the discussion, he was involved in the communication. If the roles and responsibilities were defined properly, if that person would know exactly what he's, he's doing there, what is the, the purpose of his existence in the team, he would just quit the meeting or organize it differently or deliver the information he, was, he wanted to deliver in a different way. Maybe he would write a document, maybe he would send a message, maybe he would email it, like the information he needed to deliver. Or if he needed some information back, he would ask for that information. But instead of that, it was not clear for him what's going on, what what's his responsibility is, and that's why he was just sitting there, just waiting for the till the end of the meeting for a few hours. Maybe some information will flow in the right direction, and maybe he would be able to catch it in the meeting. So first of all, I blame management for organizing that meeting instead of clearly defining roles and responsibilities. That's I think the first problem. Well, the first the first uh, yeah problem. The second one is that we don't. The management doesn't really define, uh, I would say, rewards and penalties for team members. So we programmers don't really know what are the consequences of the, of the mistake we can make and what really the consequences of the achievements we're gonna, we're gonna make in the project. We just don't know what's our personal reason to be in that project, clearly. All we know is that we're gonna get the salary by the end of the month and that's it. In that case, we definitely just need to be in the meeting because the management says so. If the manager would say that you're going to be rewarded when that piece of product or that, that particular module will go to production, then that guy with the phone would say, I don't want to be in the meeting because this is, there, is not, there is no reward for me on being here. Because I don't want to listen to you guys for two hours talking. My goal is to make that particular piece of code to get to production. And that's the moment of time when I get the reward. So there is no point for him to be in the meeting, and the management would not, would not have any uh, power to enforce him to be there. Because the management already said that you will be rewarded when the, the product, well, when that, that functionality, for example, goes out. Or that particular, I don't know, deployment pipeline is configured. So in that case, he would be in charge, and he would always be able to say, stop the meeting, I don't want to be here because there is no, no, no benefit for me there. And the same for penalties. If he would know that if something goes wrong, then he would be, you know, he would suffer somehow. I don't know, financially or career-wise, or I don't know, some some motivational instrument has to be attached to the failures. In that case, he would also be like skip the meeting, quit it, and say it's none of my business to be here because it's just the information flow which I don't need. 
So the second problem managers have is that they don't, they're not capable enough, they're not professional enough. I'm, I'm talking to managers now. We, I'm also a manager, so we as managers are not professional enough to define that roles and responsibilities and define that rewards and penalties. For us, it's way better to just organize a meeting and say, hey guys, you just solve it yourself. You just figure it out. Just make sure you just talk for a few hours and I'll be, I'll be happy. So managers are in general like lazy and unprofessional, and they just they just rely on the on the ability of the team to self-organize. But self-organization doesn't mean chaos, like I just give an example. So in usual we think that the self-organization, like Agile says, means actually chaos, in which people don't have roles and responsibilities and they have no rewards and penalties. So this what's the solution? What's the what's the alternative? The alternative is that the management has to First of all, has to properly organize information flow in the team. Well, after this roles and responsibilities and, and rewards and penalties, the management has to somehow establish the way, the discipline, the protocol of how the information is transferred aside from meetings. All programmers, all developers have to know that when to get the information, how to get it, and how to put something back. It could be wiki pages, it could be the source code, it could be documentation, it could be uh, ticketing systems, JIRA, whatever. It has to be some instrument, some protocol, some format where information is uh, able to flow from one person to another, from one person to many people in the team. Unfortunately, again, we're not professional enough to do that and, and in most cases we just don't have it. So the answer is documentation which I think is what helps us to get rid of the meetings. But now to the second part. At the same time, documentation is evil as well. So documentation may waste our time as good as meetings. That will happen with the documentation if this documentation is designed, is, is defined as a goal instead of a instrument. I've been in, in one situation, one project, where we had a, uh, it was a few years ago, we had a really good programmer, it was a software for embedded software, I mean a piece of software for the hardware. So it was, there was one programmer who created that software and he knew everything about it. He was the author of that. And then the team started to, to grow and, and, they, and they tried to put more programmers into the team. They tried to hire more people. And of course that person was kind of trying to protect that, that, that knowledge. He was not really willing to share it easily. Well, for obvious reasons, because he was afraid of losing the job, he, he didn't really have time, he didn't really have any desire to explain somebody uh, about the code he created a few years ago and he most probably was not so proud of it. This is what, you know, you all programmers are not really proud of the code they created in most, in most cases. They are proud while they are working on the code. But then in a few years, they don't like to see that code, they're just happy to see it in, in production, but they don't want to touch it, especially they don't want to explain it to him. So that was the situation, he had to explain it because new people were in the team, so it was important for the, for I was on the management side at that time, it was important for us to somehow transfer that knowledge from that guy to two new programmers. And we were asking, the management was asking this, this, this developer for almost a year to share the information through documentation. 
He was asking them, him, uh, they, they were asking him, they were giving him uh, tasks, they were uh, assigning some important agenda lines, like you have to do it by this day, you have to do it by the end of the month, you have to deliver documentation, and he was always coming back with some excuses. And the management was, the management was always buying that excuse. Like, yeah, sure, you were busy doing something else, you were, you were developing something important. The management and the programmer, they're always playing this game of excuses for a year, but no documentation showed up. The problem was solved. How did we solve that problem? We started, and, 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 yeah, and, and then and the, the, the transition was happening. So these people who joined the team, they were asking this developer all the time. Like, how do you do this? How do you explain me this piece of code? Explain me this file? Explain me this, this class? Like, how it's designed? And they were always communicating, and somehow, slowly, slowly, the knowledge was kind of transferred, but not completely, not entirely, and we got no documentation. So what we got in a year, when I joined the situation, well, we, got, we got three developers, which now know more or less pieces of this code. If we, if we put that another one in there, or we lose somebody, we'll get back to the same situation. We still have no documentation, we still have no information of how this stuff works. So the knowledge stays in their heads instead of the documentation. We have no documentation, and if we even force them to create the documentation, if we even, I don't know, do something so that they will actually write it, it's going to be something which nobody will, interest, will be interested to read because it will be something created uh, because the management said so. Not because it's a, it's a valid document which we can use in our work. It, was, it, it would be just a piece of, of, of documentation, some files, some collection of stories which nobody will be able to understand because it's a dead, it's a dead documentation created as a goal, not an instrument. So what we did, how we solved that, is that we started to uh, we, 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 we put these developers remotely. They were sitting in the same office. So we allowed them to work from home. They started to work from home, all these three people. And we told them that they cannot have any meetings anymore. All they can do if they don't have enough information, they have to submit the request for the information. And then the response should come back in the form of a documentation. And we started to pay them for that. So now, instead of talking to each other, instead of sharing this knowledge in the office, they started to use some channel of information, some channel of data, which we were using ticketing systems. So they started to submit these tickets and get answers through tickets back or through the changes in the source code. And they were starting to get money for that, like extra money for, you know, on, on, on the, I mean, they were financially motivated. What we got in the end, as we started to create, the documentation started to grow organically, naturally. And it was the real documentation which was really useful for the development, uh, for the development uh, process. So it was not something which we pay for and then say develop and then create it and we put it somewhere in the knowledge base and then maybe later we'll be able to read it. No, instead it's a live piece of text which is used for developers and by developers. So eventually, we, our knowledge base started to grow and eventually it became quite big. So we could say that we, we now, the system, that the project knows something about itself. So I'm telling you this story, this story in order to show you that, uh, that the documentation created on purpose, I mean created uh, because the management wants so, it's something different from the documentation created on demand. We should not write uh, we shouldn't document our code. We should make sure that every time something is unclear in the code, uh, all the developers have to use 
the, uh, the information collection, uh, the information collection channels instead of meetings and instead of informal communication. That's my point. If it's not happening, then documents will be just a waste of time. Requirements documents, uh, technical documentation, user manuals, everything. Even for the users, if your customers, they need information from you about the product, how to use it, then the best way is not to write something for them and put it into some documentation if they need to search, but to make sure that every time they ask for this, for this information, this request goes through some channel which, which, is, uh, which improves the product for them. <coughs> so you don't write it and push it to them, but instead let them, let them fetch this information and, and, and motivate them enough so that, it, that the, the, the process of this fetching uh, will, be, uh, will stay together with the product. Technically, we use things like uh, GitHub tickets, pull requests, the source code is the best place to, to put information in. So ideally, in, in any software project, ideally the, the best source of information, the best source of knowledge is the source code by itself. So ideally, looking at the code, any programmer has to be able to understand what the code is about and how it works. If it's not the case, if we need something on top of that, it means that our, our code is bad. It's not that the code is good, but it doesn't have the documentation. It means that the code is bad. The good code goes together with documentation and is self-explainable. Self so you can look at it, you can, you can look at the code, you can look at the tickets attached to the code, you can look at the pull request, the GitHub pull request, you can look at the changes on the Git history, for example. All this together now is called source code. So it's not like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when we had the source code and then we had the documentation on top of that. And then we had like, like bug reports, for example. Now it all goes together. It's like one big box of information. Source code in there, communication about that code, pull request of how we change that code, everything. And, and this piece, this, this box, has to, stay, has to stay between programmers. It's not a side of us. It's not like we talk, we discuss, we make decisions, and then we put our decision in the code. The code is right in front of us. If I want to ask my fellow programmer about how this piece of functionality works, I just submit my request in there, and then that person submits the reply, the response there. The, the box stays between us. Because traditionally, usually, the traditional approach is that the box is somewhere there, and then we sit together in the, in, in the meeting room, we discuss, we make decisions, we communicate, and then finally our decision goes in there. And then if somebody else joins the project and looks at, this, at, the, at that box, then that person cannot find anything because everything was discussed and decided in the room. So that's what's wrong. So in that case, that will be just, a, you know, in that case, all the documentation will be just a waste of time. So the second, uh, the second method of wasting time is to ask your team to write documentation. Problem number three is trainings. Uh, that's also a great uh, te technique to waste time, is to, to train your team, to give them, to push knowledge into their heads. To send them to trainings, to buy them books, to send them to certification programs, to send them to conferences. All that instruments are just, will just waste their time because they will not understand the reason and the value of that knowledge. It shouldn't be the push mechanism, it should be the pull one. So the, the right way, as far as I understand, 
is to define for them, for programmers, define the reasons and um, the objectives of becoming more knowledgeable. So they need to understand what's the point in this particular project, in this particular company, to learn more, to know more, to become a better developer. I'll give you another example. So we had a, uh, we had a team where uh, there were a number of programmers and uh, uh, well, we wanted the team to grow. We just saw that not all of them are seniors. Some of them were like junior developers and they were not growing. So the first idea was, like I said, buy them books and give them some training, bring some coaches, bring some trainers there. But instead, we just told them that now, from now on, if those who, are, who, who will get that particular certification, we're talking about Oracle certifications for Java, if you get that certificate, then your salary, well, in that case, was salary, so your salary will grow like 10% or something. Not all of them accepted that. Not all of them said, wow, we're so excited, we're gonna get this certificate. But a few people, they're actually the best of them, even though they were not senior at that time, even though they were junior developers, they liked that idea and they actually got the certificates and they got the increase in the salary. Some people were lost who didn't want that. That people become, became senior developers. So that in general is the right approach, I think. Instead of pushing them knowledge, instead of, instead of training them and wasting their time, I would recommend to define that rewards and penalties and let them get that knowledge by themselves. And let them, get, let them, let them improve themselves uh, the way they want. That's number three, which we don't do in our team. So we don't train anybody. We don't, we don't tell them how to work. We don't uh, define, I mean, we, we, we don't push them anywhere. We just define standards of work. We just say you have to work at that level. You have to, that, that's the quality of results we expect from you. And this is what we're gonna get if you improve your, uh, if you improve your uh, professional level. If you get, well, we, we value certificates, we value open source contribution, we value um, conference presentations, we value some articles, some you know, professional achievements. So we value something which we can objectively measure, and we also value their contribution to the project. So we look at the, at the, at the contribution they make, we look at the contribution they make on the market, and then we put this all together, and we change their rate, we change their you know, financial motivation. And that's it. So we never tell anybody how to uh, how to achieve that. We don't we don't train them. We don't we don't patronize them. We just define them the goal, and then the best people achieve that goal. Not the best people who just lose them sometimes. Okay, I'm finishing. The number four is managers. So those are people who waste our time the best way they can in general. I think yeah. I think that management, the way we have it now, traditional management, which came to us since you know since ancient times like 100 years it was always somebody some person who was managing some other people so it's always the management was based for many many 400 years was based on the idea of one person is more powerful than than other people and then using this you know personal power that that manager was telling what to do and organizing the work of other people but over the last i don't know 20 30 years the situation changed we have computers now we have instruments to automate management. And now I think the role of a manager, of a person who is actually managing people, becoming less and less important. So we, I think, need to replace people in as many places as we can. 
and start using tools and instruments instead. I'll give you an example. Uh, in our project, uh, before the example, I'll say that the, the only thing which I think now managers have to do, instead of going around the office and asking how, it's going, how things are going, how you're doing, motivating people, uh, talking to people, all these activities need to be removed. The only thing which managers have to do now is to think about how to define these protocols of work, this discipline of work, and define ground rules in the team. So the role of a manager now in the modern environment, where we have so many tools and instruments, where we have when computers are so powerful, the only thing which the manager has to be responsible for is to think and define, like I said before, roles and responsibilities, rewards and penalties. So the manager has to be like a, like a law-defining person in the team. The person who thinks what would be the better protocol, the better discipline for work in that group of people. Like how would we reward a good performance? How would we penalize uh, a lack of performance? So how to do it right? What should be the right uh, instruments to do it? How we can define these uh, ground rules of work? And then we put that, that, that rules in practice and then the team becomes self-organized. So self-organized teams by Agile, I think, doesn't mean that the team does everything without a manager. It means that the team is working together with computers. It's working together with instruments and, 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 uh, and the software, which help the team to organize itself. And the managers have to go, I think, in general. So managers, they have to, to be uh, they have to spend less and less and less time on, con on managing people and controlling them, on telling them what to do, on giving them tasks, on the, checking the results of that task, on, uh, on validating the output of, of developers, and uh, providing the input for them. All of that have to be all of that have have to be organized through uh, through tools like we're using GitHub, we're using. Uh, you can use Jira, you can use, uh, we even created in our team, we created a number of tools which stay on top of GitHub, which stay on top of, uh, of Jira and many other uh, tracking software. That helped us to get rid of managers. We are working with about 100 programmers right now, and they work remotely, all of them. I'm finishing. And uh, working like that for four years and a half. And since that time, we had zero meetings at all. So we never have any meetings. We don't talk together. We don't resolve questions in meetings. We don't write any documentation on purpose. We don't pay for that. And uh, we have no managers who manage people. We only have managers who organize and, and, and define rules. So none of our programmers receive tasks from managers. They're always coming from, 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 from robots. That's how we do it. Am I? Oh, thanks. That's that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. You just say I'll give you. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. We will still run this for you. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, 
I'm a bit surprised by your message. I actually agree with the four topics. I completely disagree with the message. Um, I'm a bit surprised that you're saying the manager should now move to a more carrot and stick way of working by penalties and rewards. Um, that uh, the manager should dictate how to do things instead of empower the team. Documentation should be created on demand. And what if that person goes away or you ask this six months later? And my question is, in which, so, so how are you applying this in practice? Um, which, which kind of development are you busy with? It? Because for me, managers should become leaders that lead by example, not, not let's say, remove them completely. Meetings, in my opinion, are important as long as you keep the, the, the message understandable for everyone. For me, the problem of meetings is that the message, sometimes you get people from multiple disciplines and you are talking from a technical point of view and your visual designer, your UXer, has no clue what you are talking about. So, I'm, I, let's say I'm a bit surprised about the whole message and also not really falling into the whole Scrum Agile way of working, in my opinion. Yeah, many, many questions. So you just basically question all my, <laughs> all my, my ideas. But let's start with the meetings. <laughs> uh, well, about that, uh, you said that the manager has to be the leader by example, right? And instead of uh, defining these carrots and sticks, the manager has to uh, to impart, to what, what was the right word to lead by example. To lead by example, yeah. Well, that's that's a really popular definition of management now, which I think is wrong on so many levels, because in that case, which in that case. The entire team will be just in chaos, and uh, we will just hope for success instead of instead of achieving success. So I think that replacing management as a as a as a as a science I don't know as a as a really like fundamental uh, set of rules which we can't just remove, and just saying that we're going to lead by example and we need to be leaders instead of managers, we are basically uh, we're basically allowing managers to be stupid instead of uh, really applying management you know discipline on the on the work they do okay. it's like you know it's like you know if we have the, the people who are doing physics or doing medicine and instead of telling them how this you know human body works we just say be a good person like have a good heart a big heart and, and treat your patients with love but that's not enough love is not enough you know to be a good manager we need we need to do management. I like a philosophical example, but I think you would be amazed what what you would be able to achieve if you empower the team and create a culture of commitment. But anyway, it's just my point of view. Well, yeah, I understand that. That, that that's a quite popular that's a quite popular way of thinking. But okay, that's that's why the discussion is not a popular way of thinking. It's a popular way of doing things. I mean, we are doing it like this, and the, the, the result has been tremendously the result has tremendous improvement. Because when you give, let's say, responsibility, when people feel committed and feel responsible for something, then, then you, you, know, you, you raise the level of, of engagement. It's not they, otherwise, they are just waiting for someone to tell them to do something and how to do it. But anyway, this is my opinion. Any response to that? No, no, I, we just, uh, that's just different ways of looking at things. Yeah, I think so. That's interesting, though. Anybody else with a total different view or a Questions that make him stutter or 
Thank you. Um, I think in your talk there's a lot of focus on extrinsic motivation and I was wondering what, um, how, what the role of intrinsic motivation is in the way you think about um, things like wasting time and... and, and uh, What's the role of the motivation? Now, intrinsic motivation, like uh -huh. wanting to do things because you uh, feel engaged with the subject that you're uh, working on instead of the, the carrot and sticks. Well, there's a disagreement between you and him, I know, but I just I was wondering what... You didn't really mention intrinsic motivation, so I was just wondering what your opinion on that is. Well, I think that... Well, I'm working for... I'm, we were... I was doing the traditional management for years before, and then we switched to that model about five years ago or so. And I've seen programmers before, and I've seen programmers now, and I see programmers now. And I think that this intrinsic motivation is a really like, good word for unprofessional developers in general. Who people are kind of in general lazy, who really want to work in a chaotic environment, who really don't want to, to be visible and they don't want other people to see, they don't want their, the management to see their strong and weak side. They just want to be in the team, get the money and just you know, go home. But if people are really interested in delivering results and being, you know, rewarded for that, and and, and being, and they want to be appreciate, they want management to appreciate that, then they first of all want strict rules, like principles on which they are actually appreciated or not. So when we're saying that you, we just want you guys to be engaged, we just want to be involved, we just want you to be passionate about what you're doing. In most cases, it sounds like the management doesn't know what, what the management is doing. It sounds like the management is trying to fool these people. It's trying to, instead of giving them these roles and responsibilities, punishment and, and, and rewards, and, 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 clear the, and clear protocols of, of communicating and working together, the management is just saying, you know, I'm too lazy to do all of that. Just figure it out, guys. Just do what you can do. Just, you know, we just, you just have to love me and I will love you. And then the project will survive somehow. But in reality, I didn't show that, but statistics show that in general, the industry, we as an industry, the software industry, goes down and down. The success, the rate of success, the, the amount of projects we are actually uh, complete in time and, and in budget, goes down every year. Despite the fact that this agile idea is like 15 or 20 years you know, already on the market, the, the quality of our software goes down and down. We're developing less and less quality products. So why is this happening? I blame this agile. That we are actually instead of managing, instead of instead of knowing how to organize things, we're just managing by heart, not by brain. This is not enough. I mean, it's it's it may work sometimes if you're lucky, but in general, if you put it as a system there, if you just instead of instead of instead of um, training managers and 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 uh, improving their professional skills, we just let we just tell them that they need to be good people. It's not going to work. I mean, it doesn't work. It's statistics. Yeah. But if you um, say I'm going to cut you short there. I understand you want a discussion, and uh, I would love to too. Uh, but I see somebody who's going to give a great talk now, and she wants to do her talk as well. So I'm going to give you a little bit of love, that yeah. you'll be outside there for a discussion and fighting. Make sure it's on, <laughs> make sure it's on video for us. <laughs> but here's a bottle uh, or two love. of love. I'm not against love, guys. I'm just Thank you.